Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast, The Podcast. And in this episode, we get into motivation and self-belief, what the differences are between the two, how they both actually work together, and how you can use motivation to create habit in order to build self-belief. So we do that for the first few minutes. After that, I get into the questions. The first question is, hey, how do I know how many calories I am burning in a day? whether that's from BMR, total daily energy expenditure, all that stuff. So we get into how to, how to figure that out in the first question. The second question is, how is fasting right for me? How do I know if it's good for me? Um, and then the third question is, how do I lose that stubborn belly fat, that last little bit of body fat um, to get me a lot leaner and to get my body composition in a better place as far as less body fat, more lean muscle tissue? How do I lose that stubborn fat. Also, additionally, guys, don't forget that Pullman Fitness, at Pullman Fitness, we do some online coaching. So if you're trying to reach some sort of goal, if you're trying to reach better body composition, whatever it might be, a better relationship with food, let us know at PullmanFitness.com. Go ahead and go to the contact page, send us some information, and we'll be able to help you out, give you a free consultation there, and figure out what we need to do to get you to your goals. Other than that, guys, hope you enjoy this episode. Motivation is one of those things that's super fluffy. I freaking hate it. Well, I don't hate it. Here's what I hate about it. You go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go to any sort of speaker at some sort of conference, all you get is this in-your-face motivational fluff. It's exhausting. It's very short-lived. It does not last a long time, and it is gone at some point. So eventually, you can't you can't just, you're not, you're going to be in a place where you need to rely on something else other than motivation. And that's where self-belief comes in. That's where habit comes in. And I wrote an article about this yesterday, but I wanted to bring it up on the podcast just so those of you listening can, can hear a bit more about this, this topic. In fitness, we're always, I shouldn't say always, but it seems like we're, we're just flooded with this information and this content that tells us, you know, no days off, all this motivation, um, go hard or go home, no pain, no gain, that we need to be in this constant state of motivation in order to get things done. And I feel like that enables us to be a little bit lazier when we're not completely motivated. The reality, guys, is that we're not going to be motivated 24-7. We're not going to have that motivation to keep pushing forward. So what we need to do is create some habit when we have that motivation because then we're going to be able to believe in ourselves and have self-belief that we can carry out those actions even when we're not motivated. So for example, when I started training, when I started working out, I was not motivated to go to the gym. I didn't enjoy it, um, but I had a goal that I was working towards, and I knew that um, that goal and that end result was motivating me to go to the gym. So when I had that motivation, I went to the gym, I did my workouts, I pushed myself hard, I um, you know flirted with failure, I tested my limits, and uh, went home, recovered, and did it again the next day or whenever I had another workout. So I used that motivation that I had from the desired outcome that I wanted and used it to push me towards going to the gym when I needed to. Eventually, after a while, what happened was motivation left. Obviously, there are valleys that you come to along your fitness journey when you're not motivated. But when I got to that, to those valleys, I had already created a habit from working out. I created a habit of going to the gym a certain amount of days per week. I made it a part of my daily routine. And I also learned to enjoy the process when I was at the gym. So no longer did I need this 
crazy motivation, balls to the wall, no days off type of mentality to go to the gym. I simply went to the gym and I ate cleaner foods, I ate healthier foods because I enjoyed it, I enjoyed the process, and I understood that it made me a better person. So the the actions and the habits that I created from that motivation then turned into stuff that was just automatic because I had self-belief because I knew I, I did it several times before. I knew I had the capability to push myself to the limit and then come out on the other end, like I said, a fitter person, a healthier person, and a better person for it. So when you guys are going along your fitness journeys, remember that, and this isn't just fitness, this is anything in life. Remember that the motivation that you have, if you have it right now, it's gonna leave at some point. So use the motivation that you have now to create some habits that are gonna be automatic when that motivation isn't there anymore. That's just something to keep in, in mind. But I guess, you know, now that we've talked about that, we should probably get into uh, some of these questions yeah so question number one it is hey man um, I'm not really sure what to be doing on the nutrition side of things and you've talked a lot about knowing how many calories you burn in a day what's the best way for me to know how many calories I I burn in a day great question there isn't really a well there is a best I think a best way in my opinion um, there's an easy way. Obviously, that's going to be some sort of calculation. That calculation, you can find any of those on the internet. You can just plug your stats in, your height, weight, body fat percentage, lean mass, um, total weight, all that stuff, and it is going to give you a rough idea of what your BMR is, which is your basal metabolic rate, or your total daily energy expenditure, which is um, your basal metabolic rate in addition to the calories that you are burning doing other activity throughout the day. So that's gonna give you a rough idea, but there are certain situations in, well, most situations where that calculation might not be completely accurate. That is where the, the body adaptation comes into play. So for example, I can be a 6'2", 210 pound male, but I could have been in a um, caloric deficit for a while, and my body is adapted, and it is now maintaining its weight at 2,000 calories, even though um, those calculators might say my BMR is 2,400 calories or my total daily energy expenditure is 2,400 calories. So in my opinion, one of the best things you can do to get an idea of how many calories you are burning in a day and how much um, food your body is needing to just maintain its body weight, uh, one of the best things you can do is track your food intake and then see um, what your food intake is for a total week. Now, you're not going to aim for any sort of goal. You're just going to eat as you normally do and track your food intake. And then what you can do to get a general idea is just take the average of your protein eaten every single day, an average of your fat and your carbs eaten, and then an average of your calories from those three numbers as well. And that will give you a rough idea as, okay, on average, I eat X amount of grams of protein. On average, I eat X amount of grams of fat. On average, I eat X amount of grams of carbs. And that is why my weight is maintaining at this weight. That is going to give you a better idea of how many calories you are burning total in a day. Um, if you just want to go an easier, quicker route, you can use the Catch McArdle formula, and that is a pretty easy formula to help you calculate your BMR as well as your total daily energy expenditure. That So that Catch McArdle formula is going to be, um, so your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, how many calories you're burning at rest, is just going to be 370 plus 21.6 times your lean mass in kilograms. So take 21.6, multiply that by your lean mass in kilograms, add 370, and that's going to be your, your, your rough estimate of your basal metabolic rate. Now to get your total daily energy expenditure, what you might want to do is add, um, or excuse me, take your BMR and multiply that number by 1.25, 
to 1.7 based on your activity. 1.25 would be something that's someone that's completely sedentary, has a sedentary job, doesn't work out much, um, and doesn't do any sort of physical activity. 1.7 would be someone who's like a construction worker or a manual laborer and that also works out, gets a lot of activity in throughout the day. So use a scale of 1.25 to 1.7 and multiply that um, times your BMR and that will give you a rough idea of what your total daily energy expenditure is. So that's one of the ways you guys can find out how many calories you are burning in a day. Next question is from Micah. Her question is, how do I know if fasting is right for me? Woof, that's a tough question. Um, so to, to answer quickly, fasting is right for everybody. It's something that has been around forever. Um, there is a reason it was in, it's in most major religions, super beneficial for the body to um, get rid of old cells, bring in new cells. It's great for mental clarity. And it's also just great for understanding the difference between hunger and cravings. Because oftentimes when we think we're hungry, we're really just, we're, we are really just craving something. So it is right for everybody, but that doesn't mean everybody should do it. I think it is very important to have a healthy relationship with food first. One of the most common things I hear is that people want to fast for um, fat loss. If I fast, I will lose more fat. I heard that if I do the, um, whatever, the warrior diet, I will lose more fat. I heard if I do intermittent fasting, I will lose more fat. I think that if you are fasting, in my opinion, if you are fasting in order to lose body fat, that is something that can turn into a very unhealthy relationship with food very fast, pun intended. So if if you are doing that, I do not recommend fasting. If you have a healthy relationship with food and you understand how food works with your body, you've tracked your food intake before, you understand how your body feels when you eat certain certain types of food, I would go ahead and give a fast a little bit of try. Always obviously consult with your doctor beforehand, but one of the easier ways you can just kind of ease into fasting is just build up. So start with eight hours, which most people do every single day um, with sleep and all that stuff. And then you can kind of work up to 12, 16, 20, and then more. So you really start seeing benefits around the 24 hour mark, like some significant benefits to fasting as far as killing off old cells, bringing in new cells, um, healing gut microbiome, better digestion, mental clarity, regeneration of cells, all that stuff. You're really going to see it 24 hours. You see a little bit a little bit of it before between 18 and 20 hours. Um, so it is definitely beneficial in that sense. It is, that does not mean that you have to do a very long fast every single time. Even if you are doing a shorter fast, let's say for like 16 to 18 hours, it is still going to help you get a really good idea of what hunger and craving really is. It'll help you really understand what hung, hunger signals feel like because like I said before, when we eat normally, we're usually just craving something and we're not actually hungry. A good way to test that is by, if you think you're hungry, go ahead and ask yourself, okay, do I feel like eating X, Y, or Z? And if one of those foods sounds bad and you don't feel like eating that, it's probably a craving. You're probably not actually hungry because if you're really hungry, pretty much any food that is thrown in front of you, you would be willing to eat. So that's one of those ways you can test your hunger versus cravings. But yeah, if you have an unhealthy relationship with food, do not recommend fasting whatsoever. If you um, have been tracking for a while, you understand how your body works with certain foods and you want to play around with fasting and just see how it affects your mental clarity, your mood, your um, levels of energy and all that stuff, go ahead and give it a try. But make sure you slowly build up. Don't just come from a place of never fasting before and then go straight into a 24-hour fast. That's going to be way too much. Personally, I do fast every once in a while. I do a little bit of intermittent fasting, maybe, I don't know, a few times a month for 18 to 24, or excuse me, 18 to 20 hours. 
The reason I do that is because I like to give my digestion, my digestive system and my gut a break um, from just digesting all the food, especially with where I'm at right now with my, my intake. I'm eating a lot of food, so I just want to make sure I give my body a break. That way, when I reintroduce food, it can assimilate the calories and the macronutrients and the micronutrients a lot better. If you were to think of your body as a sponge, <clears throat> it's kind of like that when it comes to absorbing your food. If you have water constantly pouring into that sponge, it's going to stop soaking up water at some point. If you are constantly giving your body nutrients, it'll still soak up those nutrients, but it might not do it as well as it would if it had a little bit of a break. So kind of look at fasting that way. It's a good opportunity to give your body a break, get some new cells regenerating in there. That way it's a little bit healthier and it, your digestion performs a little bit better and your gut is a little bit healthier when you reintroduce the food. Now, <clears throat> as I mentioned, I only do that a few times a month. You can... Um, fast multiple times per week every single day if you really feel like it. Um, once again, if you're just doing it for the fat loss benefits, it's not going to make that much of a difference. If you enjoy fasting because it um, enables you to eat healthier foods, it's better for your schedule, and you like to do it every single day, go for it. Like we've talked about before, the body is an adaptation machine. So eventually at some point, your body is going to adapt to all that fasting, and you might not see the benefits at the same level that you would if you were fasting a few times a month. So if you're doing it very frequently, those benefits might not be as significant um, as if you were doing it every once in a while. So keep that in mind if you guys start fasting. Next question is how do I get rid of my stubborn belly fat? Woof. That is one heck of a question. I get it all the time. And it's usually, it follows up with an answer people usually don't want to hear. Here's the thing, your, your belly fat, especially in men, is the last place your body most likely is going to get rid of fat. It's just the way it is. It's just the last place it holds on to. Now, there is some individual variance. There's usually um, some differences in gender, um, it, which there are only two genders, just FYI. Um, if, you know, males, like I said, usually tend on, we usually tend to hold on to the body fat around the lower belly, like that spare tire. Women, it's a little different. It can be thighs, it can be butt, it can be arms. It, it kind of depends on the individual. But there is always one last place that the body holds on to body fat. Unfortunately, it's not one of those cases where, especially for women where you, where you hold on to the body fat in the areas that you want to look a little bit more curvy, and then you just get rid of it in the places that you want, like your belly. It, that just doesn't happen. It just gets rid of it wherever it wants to. You can't spot reduce belly fat. You can't get rid of it wherever you want to unless you have some sort of plastic surgery or something like that. So here's what you guys need to keep in mind. If you really want to lose that stubborn belly fat, you are going to have to make some drastic changes to what you are currently doing. Losing those last few pounds of extra fat, especially around the lower stomach, is going to take some extra discipline. It's not the same as when you first started out and you needed to lose 30 pounds of body fat and you lost a bunch of fat by exercising more and eating a little bit less or eating healthier foods. It's, it's not that simple anymore. That's why you see competitors who are getting into the single-digit body fat percentages. That's why they're extremely dialed in because in order to manipulate and trick the body, we have to have data on everything that's going on. The amount of calories that you're burning in your activity, how much food you're eating, all the, 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 the volume that you have in your training sessions, all that needs to be taken into account and tweaked and adjusted and then 
it needs to be assessed to be seen how it's how it's influencing your body composition, how it's changing your body. So now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get as serious or as strict as a competitor, but if you are wanting to get into those lower body fat percentages and really get rid of the belly the belly fat um, and the extra fat in those stubborn areas, you're gonna have to get a little bit more dialed in than you were before. What does this mean? In my opinion, this means tracking your food intake, tracking your macronutrient intake and and uh, making sure that you are meeting a certain amount of macronutrients every single day, tracking your training volume, tracking your activity outside of that, your NEAT, which is just non-exercise activity thermogenesis, um, just a fancy way of saying your activity that's done outside of exercise. So um, walking around the house, folding laundry, vacuuming chores, all that stuff. Usually the, a good way to assess that is just seeing how many steps you're taking in a day. Those are three different things that you want to assess and adjust in order to manipulate your body composition. So tracking your food intake, tracking your NEAT or your steps in a day, and then your training volume as well. If you guys tweak and adjust those, you can usually see how that is going to influence your body composition. Usually that involves manipulating your macronutrient intake, either deep going into a deficit or going into a surplus to rebuild your metabolism first and then going into a deficit. It might mean eating fewer carbs than fats. It might mean eating fewer fats than carbs. It depends on what your body likes to do with certain macronutrients. So tracking and understanding that data is gonna be an important piece. Um, second thing, like I said, is going to be seeing those steps. As you get closer to your goal, you can increase your steps every single week. Okay, this week, every day, I got 10,000 steps. This next week, my goal is to get 12,000, then 14,000. That's something that you can tweak and adjust and see, okay, this is how that work or stimulus has affected my body composition. 12,000 steps with this amount of macronutrients and calories was um, great for my body composition, but I've plateaued. Now I need to do X, Y, and Z. That last part is going to be your training volume. And training volume is just your weights times your sets times your reps. The more volume that you have, the more your body can change and adapt but you might want to spread it out throughout the week with a little bit more frequency in your workouts. So in order to get rid of that stubborn belly fat, guys, you're really going to want to see and, and, and figure out what things you can manipulate in order to keep your body progressing. Take a look at the food that you're eating, track your food intake, set macronutrient goals, and change those as your body progresses. Track your NEAT and your steps and increase those as you get closer to your goal. Figure out what your training volume is, add some sets, some reps, some weights, and get some more work in there and increase that as you get closer to your goal. So hey guys, check this out. We are on Facebook. Pullman Fitness is on Facebook. That's gonna be facebook.com slash Pullman Fitness. And I'm on Instagram, Adam underscore Pullman Fit. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is the podcast.